Welcome to I Developer Live, episode 35. Dave was trying to tell me we'd gone live and I was totally looking at my iPad and didn't see him waving at me on the other side of the studio. So all that professionalism to try and get the timing right all went wrong because I don't pay any attention. Uh, another person who pays very little attention, Mr. John Fox. Are you with us, John? I'm sorry, did you say something, Scotty? Yeah, you're just, you're just too busy making silly videos or something, are you? Not at all. I'm, I've been waiting with bated breath. Just it's, I, I've, it's been three weeks now, has it not? I've, I've been having withdrawal syndromes. I wake up on Monday morning and I start going, welcome to iDeveloper Live, but no. There we are. I don't want to talk about your breath, but there we are. Never mind. Um, and with us on the, uh, on the show is uh, uh, Joshua Nozai. How are you doing, Joshua? Where am I? Who are you people? What do you want with me? (laughs) (laughs) This is one of those other guests that has been um, uh, press ganged into into joining the show. Um, Well, (laughs) but but the audience doesn't know is that he's stuck (laughs) in the in the trunk of of a of a nondescript Mercedes heading out of Beirut to the Bekaa Valley. (laughs) So in which in which which we installed an iPhone with a mobile communications uh, um, software on it to just prove that this technology works anywhere. Um, uh, Joshua. People may or may not know who you are, so just just tell us a little bit about yourself before we uh, we let John loose on um, what he wants to get on with to start with. Well, until a few months ago, no one knew me at all. Uh, I've been a Cocoa developer for about the last decade, released a few shareware apps um, and a bioinformatics data mining and visualization app for Uncle Sam's uh, vaccine research. So, um, been with Cocoa for quite some time, authored the book Mastering Xcode 4 for Peach Pit Press that came out a few months ago and that's what I'm here to talk about. And that is our subject for today, the, your favorite things and worst things of Xcode 4. Uh, but before that, uh, John, we're going to talk a little bit about the new Cappuccino release this week. I am. 0.9.5, baby. It went out last week and it's it's great. Um, I know we're pressed for time, so I will just make sure that it goes out in the show notes, but 0.9.5 is really a good release, new version of, of Xcode Cap. Uh, which is the app that allows you to use Xcode and particularly interface builder component of Xcode to do all your 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 uh, UI development and your create your object graph and it's 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 just grand and glorious. They have new classes like CP popover. Um, it's just great. So Check I mean, it out. Uh, is this a case of that the the stuff that within is in there is is better and they've added new classes? Uh, I mean, exactly. has, has there been any radical change for people doing it before? Who people who've just learned it? Do they need to relearn? So I know no, there's no, a lot of people no. who've just learned it because we did a course on it. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's it's additive. They've added more classes. They've added more capabilities. They've cleaned up the install process, um, which it, it it it's not as simple as as I would like it to be. But it's made huge steps forward. It's um, and I think that uh, they have a good plan for for making it even simpler. And uh, but the the new CP popover I think is extremely useful. It's something I, I want to use myself in my app. So um, no, it's 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 a great leap forward. It really is. We've been getting some good feedback on the uh, the cappuccino course. There's been quite a few people who have been putting off even looking at cappuccino because of, well even just the install process and getting it running who are sort of emailing in now and, and saying yay thank you for the course we can now make it work. Ah, I'm very happy to hear that. That's good. Right, um, we'll talk a little bit more about some courses a bit later on, but we're, we're going to get going. Um, Joshua, you recently released the book, Mastering Xcode 4, Develop and Design, um, of which we've been giving away some ebook copies on the show the last few weeks, and we'll give away some more today. So thank you very much for that, first of all. But yeah, what on earth you know, possessed you to want to write a book on Xcode 4? 
Uh, sheer career desperation, uh, a, an absolute desire to have everyone love me. Um, it didn't work out so well because apparently uh, Apple's release schedule for Xcode 4.0, 4.1, and 4.2 were um, frantic, to say the least. So, yeah, the, it didn't work out quite so well in terms of release and what to leave in, uh, what to leave out. But um, mostly just wanted to get a, a book out there and help people figure out the new beast. So, so the book was released a little while ago. So what version of Xcode was it sort of current at when it went to print? Well, the first time it was supposed to go to print, it was current at 4.0 and then 4.1. And finally, uh, the printed version is for 4.2. Right, no, so I lie. It's for four point one. I lie. Right. I'm okay. Those with my, <laughs> those, <laughs> my version the, numbers. Later. Those sneaky printers got in there before uh, before you uh, knew what to do. Okay. So um, was this something the case of you thought I'm a, I'm an Xcode four expert, therefore I'm going to write a book, or you thought I'm going to write a book, let me learn about Xcode, and I'm going to go on a heck of a journey here. <laughs> well, it was the latter, yeah, and I, I underestimated the journey because what I thought I knew changed um, with each release. Well, that's so um, definitely that, that's uh, um, you know always the case, isn't it? It doesn't matter. That, that's the problem with with any material. I mean, we do video and whatever else. The moment you know, the moment we released our cappuccino, of course, something changed, and that's the you know that that that's the way it is. And I guess people are used to used to that now with. Um, with stuff okay so just um tell us just a, a very brief we don't want to be too salesy here but equally at the same time give us a very brief overview of, of what the book covers um uh you know uh where people can get it from and, and whatever else and then we'll just dig into a few few bits of it all right well the book's about 400 pages it's from peach pit press um you can learn about it at xcodebook.com um it covers through 4.1 not 4.2 had to get it out um it's mainly aimed at people who are at least familiar with um, the Cocoa development platform, um, but wanted to learn a little bit more about the IDE itself. So it will not teach you um, Cocoa programming or anything like that. It is strictly focused on the tool, getting you up to speed with the, the changes in Xcode 4. Is that brief enough for you? Yeah, that was very brief. That was so brief you caught me by surprise. <laughs> All right, okay, let, let, let's start. Um, okay, uh, let's entitle this, this, this show, you know, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, because that's a, a thing that we use regularly on here. So let's start, let's start with the good. You know, what, first of all, what was it that wowed you about Xcode 4? It's pretty. <laughs> is that it? Pretty, pretty frustrating? <laughs> or pretty all, that, all, that, all that work, and all you can say is pretty? Both, both. Both really, it's pretty frustrating and pretty to look at. No, it uh, it's a very new design, and you know what what makes some happy infuriates others. I've noticed in this design, but uh, they're steady march toward an all-in-one window approach in pretty much everything um, in modern Apple GUI. Um, it, it's pervasive in Xcode four. Um, you can open new windows, but you know it, it's mostly trying to combine things all in one and. Usually that's not a good thing. Usually it can be overdone. And in Xcode 3, it sort of was, but you had an out. In Xcode 4, you no longer have much of an out, but they did a pretty good job of organizing everything and, and, and stuffing it into pigeonholes uh, in various parts of the, the UI. So I like that very much. I guess this whole this whole change, I mean, I guess, I guess Xcode 4 has come into line with 
maybe some other platform products such as Visual Studio with, with going for the approach it's gone um, to. It works one on large monitors um, in, 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 and maybe on, uh, but the whole thing, I guess it depends on what size monitor you're used to and where you're used to in it. And Xcode in its old form have been around for quite a while. And I, I, I find it is really very, very mixed, the opinion of the, of the, the feel of the IDE now. Right. And the biggest difference is, you know, when you go from a 27-inch iMac display down to uh, a, a MacBook Air, and, you know, teeny tiny screen and trying to fit everything on, that's frustrating. That, that'll that give you because my eyes are not that great. So I end up having uh, large font sizes so I can see maybe two or three lines of code at once. Ooh, that's almost unworkable. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I exaggerate a bit. I, I can see four or five. Okay, let's let's start. To, I mean, John, jump in at any point, here, but yeah, let's start to pick out some some of the stuff that really is sort of um, you know Xcode four. I, I think you in the notes we sort of had before the show hotness. I think you call it. Yeah, let's start with schemes. Right, right. Schemes is the biggest subject people want to know about. Um, those who have used Xcode three before. Um, they're already familiar with you know the, the build system and having to select the target you want to build and, and the configuration you know release or, or debug or whatever else you might have. Um, schemes is kind of a way to tie all that stuff together. Um, you it's kind of an all-in-one interface for defining uh, inner target dependencies, um, letting it discover dependencies automatically. Um, but all in one control, you can select what it is you want to build and um, the target platform, um, you know, my Mac 3264-bit, etc. So it's, it's kind of just the new, the new hotness for organizing, um, setting a bunch of things at once. Okay, now, is it just me or was the documentation on this stuff pretty darn poor? It was worse uh, during the beta um, when it would have been useful for writing the book. But um, it, it's better now. Um, but it's, I, I don't feel there's an adequate enough explanation of, of what exactly schemes is and, and what you would do with them, why you would create more schemes versus the system supplied ones. And really, I don't think there is any one answer. I think it's open enough to to give you the flexibility that you might want or might not want um, in deciding, you know, I'll have a scheme that, that builds just the regular app for debugging, but then I might have to have a separate scheme that specializes in packaging um, for deployment. Um, I don't know that it's necessarily better or worse than what we had before, but the control, the interface for it is certainly much simplified. Okay. So, um, I mean, we're going to go through this at lightning speed, obviously, because it's audio. We can't show people anything. Yeah, talk to us about workspaces. Workspaces are a little bit more interesting. Uh, for the longest time, we had um, projects embedded in other projects. And this, you know, you, you had to set up um, hard-coded paths in, you know, for the, 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 the build folder and things like that. Um, for these inner project dependencies, and it could get pretty messy. You open up a project and drag another project into that project's contents. And um, but if you try to open or edit a file in that sub project, 
you know, you, you end up having to open that subproject anyway, um, in many cases. And it's, it, it wasn't very helpful, but it was a way of having things automatically build a, a framework projects framework target, um, as a dependency on your applications target. Um, it, it worked, but it was clumsy. So Workspaces comes along and gives you a shared build folder automatically. Um, you add projects as top-level items into a workspace. Um, there's no need for sub-projects anymore. And Xcode 4 has a way of looking through these things and setting up um, and automatically detecting inner project dependencies. So, you know, I can, if I need to build my application and it relies on a framework whose target belongs to another project in the workspace, it can infer, and usually does, um, that 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 framework needs to be built first before it can be included in in the uh, application. That that is something I, I've struggled mightily with because I have a fairly complex uh, system with Memory Miner with with third party and and my own framework dependencies plus plugins, um, and I have had a system that that you know it all worked out with relative paths as long as you checked out everything and. and you know, um, you could make it work, but I never really quite grokked workspaces. So now, if nothing else, I would like to be able to to, to use the book to to get that set up because um, I can't be the only one in the world that faces this problem. Right. I I, I have a, a coworker that's trying to struggle through the same understanding, and it, it's it, it really is as simple as the the benefits are. Um, it's just a collection of of projects that can stand on their own. They share a common workspace, and therefore Xcode usually can figure out uh, the dependencies, uh, the interdependencies between them. But it's is that you have to, when you create the workspace, just does the sheer act of dragging a, a an Xcode project into it make all the magic happen, or do you have to make some changes in each of the, the, the sub-projects on their own to say, hey, they're going to participate in a workspace? If you have existing sub-projects, you're probably going to have to do some phishing in the configuration. Um, anywhere where you hard code paths, you probably want to uh, delete those those settings and just let it do its own thing from the, the, the global or project level settings. Let it just go ahead and choose the defaults. Um, in one case, we actually did have to um, you know, just re completely recreate the projects with Xcode 4, um, throw all the code back in, set up all the targets again, and uh, dump them in to a workspace. And that, that resolved most of the problems we were having trying to get an existing project to work. But yeah, you, you might have to play with it a little bit. So Xcode file bit rot is, is, is a real phenomenon. It's not my imagination. No, definitely. Um, it's mostly in the configuration. So if you choose in the, the project navigator, you choose the project itself. And uh, then under the projects list in the source list there, choose the, the, the project or the target and then click the configurations tab. And I know that's very hard with audio to, to go through all that. But um, under the configurations tab is where you're going to find most of your issues with getting projects to work together in a workspace. And it's basically settings you already set, um, so it usually is as simple as unsetting them. Okay. Uh, I mean, uh, Graham Lee in the chat room is asking, has anyone actually got implicit dependencies to work at all? My suggestion that there's, there's people are finding some some of this auto-magic, I think you called it, auto-magically stuff is, is maybe not quite as robust as it should be yet. 
that's what I found. It's, it's kind of having some trouble in a lot of uh, anything but the, the simplest setup. Like the setup I described, you know, you, you have a clean, separate project for uh, uh, a shared framework among products, and then you have multiple products, and you drag them in together to a workspace called uh, My Foo App Suite. Um, it, it seems to find them okay if you have it set up properly and have, you know, drag the, the framework in from the project and say, yes, I want to use this in my project, et cetera. But um, more complicated projects or projects with customized um, configuration settings, that, that seems to start to confuse it. And then you have to turn off the, the automatic discovery and, and, and just set things up manually. Okay, something else you've marked down that you um you actually like, you think is Xcode hotness, is the log navigator. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, how many times have you run something or built it and then did something else and wiped away something? Oh, wait, I wanted to go back, and what was that uh, error message again? Um, it, it, it's a pretty common problem, and the nov- log navigator is one of the top-level navigators on the left-hand pane in Xcode 4. And if you select that, you can go back through build, run, uh, uh, test, uh, all the different actions that produce logs and um, review pretty much everything, filter it, um, search through it. It's a much improved interface into the, the log management. It saves everything. I have to say that's really when you're trying to think, well, what did that do before and, and whatever? It's incredibly useful. Yeah, yeah, but w- what it did before was dumped whatever you know it wasn't currently logging uh, went into the you know went into the dra- trash can. So that's one of the things that that changed that really I got very used to very quickly. Yes, and it would be really hard to to lose once you're used to it being there. Definitely. Okay. Um, what about the debug navigator? That's uh, one of these other new navigators. What's uh, what is it about that that you like? Because you put it on your list, so that means you like yeah, it. Yeah, yes, yes, that does mean I like it. Um, it's not under the notness, so it, it's under the hotness list. So, yeah, the debug navigator um, is another top-level navigator, like the log navigator. Um, but this time, as as you pause in the uh, in the debugger, it can break it down by thread, um, show you you every single frame or. With the slider along the bottom, you can reduce it down to show only frames from my code. Um, you can filter the list even further, so you know, look to see if a frame with this method name is in it. Um, but as you click around in that list, you're also navigating you know, through the debugger as well and stepping through all of the things uh, everywhere you went to get there. And it's very handy for navigating the current frozen state of, of your app in the debugger. Um, but I mostly like the slider to say, you know, show me all the, the system crap that happened in between, uh, in between calls for my code. It, does it actually say system crap or? or? Um, I believe somewhere, yes. There, have, have you ever seen some of the strange messages they have in, in, in the debugger? No. <laughs> I don't think I've ever come across system crap, but uh, I've come across some pretty bizarre things in there. I bet you there was a system crap note somewhere in there. But, uh, I'm sure there's, there's a method yeah. name with that. So. Almost certainly. Okay, um, Let's let's move on to a, another one. We're just going to play through these. Something you know that will be at John's heart because this is what he is for me. Assistance. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, there's no uh, get dry cleaning assistant or wash my car assistant, anything like that. But there are, uh, you know, the editor assistants and they're, and they're mainly code. Um, I think, in fact, they're exclusively code right now that whatever the main editor is showing, um, you know, you can open one or more assistants that can show you the counterpart to the file in the editor or um, siblings or superclasses, subclasses. Uh, the biggest difference is in, in the past, you would have multiple editors that you could split in Xcode 3 and below. And that is certainly useful, but they apparently discovered that most people, you know, use those split uh, editors to do more interesting things. Like they, they usually split it so they have their, their header file above or below their implementation file. Um, or maybe a global header opened as well so that they can edit some const constants and things like that. Um, this is one of the one of the neat features that's also one of the annoying features because the, the slightest little navigation input from your trackpad, if your pointer is over, it ends up kicking it off of automatic mode and you get into manual mode where you think you're editing the header, the header for the currently selected file, but you end up editing something else that you don't even know which until you start editing and seeing that you're breaking things. So it's, it's a mixed blessing, but, uh, they're able to be stacked, um, in a number of different ways. You can do that under the view menu and you can add and remove as many of them as you like, um, in, in terms of the, the kinds of things you can look at, you can have one that, that always shows the counterpart of the main editor and one that always shows some manual manually selected file, but it really starts to get interesting in things like Interface Builder. Uh, in Xcode 4, Interface Builder is pulled into Xcode, um, the main IDE, whereas it used to be a separate application. And the neat benefit you have now is that if you turn on the assistant editor while editing a nib or zip, uh, you can drag connections um, straight from a button into the header file of whatever the main files selected in, in, the, uh, in the nib, such as the file's owner, might be automatically shown there in automatic mode. Um, and if you drag the connection in there, it'll ask you, okay, what do you want to call this outlet or action that you're trying to define? And you give it a name, you press return, and not only is the connection made, but the code is inserted in your header and implementation file. That, um, that's a huge time saver right there. So the assistant can be good for for things beyond just acting as an extra code editor. Do you get the impression that that part of Xcode 4 is just to try and, and simplify processes that are just kind of so complicated, some of which is because of language, some of which is just, I don't know, because of the, 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 the nature of projects. And, and, and if, if, you, if you stick with the right groove, everything is happy. But if you're used to having doing things yourself, then you're very unhappy. I think the biggest thing is, I mean, from my own experience trying to teach people how to use the tools, showing them Interface Builder, there's a huge disconnect there um, in having those being separate applications and, and having your, your, your UI separate from the code. Um, even people who are completely new to code and aren't used to the world of building your UI in code, um, they're confused by it. So trying to show what here you have to create code that creates this outlet and over here you have to drag a connection and plug it into that outlet that that's a huge mental disconnect and i think this process of 
dragging a you know a, a connection and inserting the code at the same time really does simplify things a lot. Um, it lowers the barrier for entry for people trying to learn how to do these things. Mm. I'm not sure if I'm answering the question. You no, asked, you are. But- it, it, <laughs> I think that's it. I mean, I think you, 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 you hit it right on the on the on the head. And it, 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 the, the disconnect does come from this, you know, either you're going to exist in the lovely world of, of, of UI, you know, where you graphically connect things up and then there's no code or virtually no code to write, or you're, you, you don't believe in interface builder and this way kind of says, I am going to connect directly to my code. I mean, you have to, it's literally what you're doing. I think which makes it nice. No, it's just it's just that you know one of the things I've gotten used to with with working with with Objective J is you know without having to have a header file that you have to worry about keeping in sync. It's a very common thing. It's like you create an outlet, then you have to remember to to create the little stub implementation. And it's nice that they do does both of it for you now. For yeah, I've already uh, I've already gotten very used to that. Um, I'm annoyed if there's any situation where. You know, I have to end up creating the outlets first, um, I, I, just because I'm denied the opportunity of using the cool feature of dragging and creating code. <laughs> <laughs> so right. there, there's some people who are just fundamentally opposed to code being created in any form at all. So I guess that's a, <laughs> that they're not going to enjoy that bit. Okay, let's let, let's move on to behaviors. Um, again, this is something that um, you know. Uh, not necessarily incredibly well explained initially, but uh, now you're going to to clear it up for everybody. Well, I certainly hope so, even though uh, any time spent in therapy discussing my behavior makes me nervous, uh, but we'll we'll discuss Xcode's behavior because that I have some, I have quite a number of opinions on. Um, So, one of the biggest uh, problems people have had with with Xcode and you know getting moving around a workspace and things like that is that it, it was very rigid and, and you you did it Apple's few allowed ways or no way at all and it was very obnoxious you know you you end up uh, trying to do something like debug and and the debugger pops up and then it doesn't go away they started uh, you know giving you some control over that. But in Xcode 4, they, they really did give a lot more control over exactly what Xcode does for common and not-so-common actions. Um, some of the actions, now you can find behaviors under the system or under uh, Xcode's preferences and the behaviors tab. And it, they're divided by things, common actions like build, testing, run, um, even OpenGL ES capture stuff, um, find and uh, device and then your own common or your own uh, custom uh, triggers, but these triggers, uh, such as you know, build starts. If you select that, you see the options on the right, uh, like play sound, speak announcement, show bezel alert, bounce the icon. Those are of limited use. But where you really start getting the interesting things is when it'll let you show switch to a specific predefined tab that you have, or show or hide. Um, the na- a certain navigator, such as a project navigator or symbol debug uh, log navigator, and uh, showing or hiding the de- debugger, those kinds of things. So you can cause navigation and panel close and hide events um, from every single action that they have defined here, the start or end of a build, if the build fails or succeeds. So really powerful. And then... Uh, Whenever you create your own actions with the plus bottom or button at the bottom, you can do even more things. Like one of my friends, Charles Parnot, uh, posted on Twitter 
that he has uh, an all code and all Chrome action. So the all code action hides all the panels and, and gets rid of uh, the, the toolbar and everything. And when he chooses the all Chrome action, um, it, it brings everything back. And, you know, so you have less area for code, but you have all, all the, uh, the, the window dressings back. So you can really start to get some pretty powerful customized behavior and really have Xcode morphing and flying panels around the way you want it um, to get into a specific configuration for whatever task that, that you want. I guess this is one of those things, if you find yourself always you know, opening this bit or setting this bit up whenever you're doing this particular thing, then you want to try and link this up. So actually, let's just make it do that for me. Yeah. It, it, and I think I'm trying to look through here. Yes, you can additionally run scripts and things like that. So you, you might be able to run a shell script or even an Apple script to do some more um, UI things if you would like. But um, it's pretty comprehensive with controlling the main configuration of, of the Xcode project window. But uh, wait, are these things that can be shared? So, you know, this, this grand and glorious thing that says all code or all Chrome, is that something, a config file or something that, that I could get? Or that you, you create something great and you can share it with other people? Or is it you have to manually set it up for each installation? I, I don't know of a way to export behaviors other than maybe dig around and find where they're stored. You know, there's certainly an appeal list somewhere. Um, but I, I don't know a way of exporting and, and sharing um, other than saying, you know, I created this, you know, chose this uh, set of keyboard shortcuts and um, here, here are the options that I checked. So no easy way, no, I'm afraid. That's the new notness. I mean, we're talking yes. about the, yes, way, the way Xcode responds here. Someone's asking in the chat room if there's a way to disable gestures with inside Xcode to stop it doing certain things when um, you accidentally swipe something. I mean, that's sort of not related, but we're talking about things flying in and out. And obviously when they're doing a swipe, something's flying out. <laughs> so True, you have any idea yeah, how to do that? I think it's more related to the to the the complaint about um, uh, the the assistant editors and accidentally knocking it out of automatic mode. Uh, unfortunately, no, I don't know of any way within Xcode um, to to mess around with uh, with the gestures. I mean, there's the you know, there's the keyboard bindings, but but I don't think that there are any any gestures that are assigned there. So. I, the answer is I don't know, but I'm sure that there are places out there that can have uh, the plugins out there for controlling. There's something for um, a third-party plugin for trackpads for the Magic Pad um, that that lets you specify what shortcuts, what events get sent when which applications are active. Um, I came across that a couple of months ago. Never tried it myself, so maybe that would help. Well, we'll see if we can hunt that down and put a link in the show notes. Um, okay, you, next on your list is the search and replace preview. Oh, yes. That is, uh, I rarely use the word awesome sauce, but that, that gets awesome sauce for me. <laughs> that's, one of the, uh, that's one of the things that was really hard to do before that, you know, yes, you can rename symbols using refactor and the edit symbols in scope um, in the main editor and that was that was from Xcode 3 but you still sometimes need to do just a plain old text search and replace and the problem with that though is 
you, you might have a string that's a substring of another string and you know that gets replaced so your uh your foo class ends up turning into food class and you know all kinds of hell breaks loose so the search and replace preview instead of whenever you have your search term you find all your matches and then you enter your replace term instead of just saying replace all click the preview button and a sheet will drop down showing you all the places and all the files where it found that string and what it will look like after the replace is done and there's little switches next to each one that shows you whether or not, you know, if you want to toggle off or on that individual replace, you go down through and find, no, I don't want foo to be turned into food. So I'm going to flip this one off and everything else is on. So, okay, continue. And then it'll do the replace only on the ones that you selected. Of course, off to the left-hand side, you can, where the files are listed, you can, ignore entire files say no i don't want to change anything in my in my pre-compiled header just in my source files so it's a very flexible way of of, of doing a selective uh, cherry picking of search and replace i mean to me that is how often have you want to do something that's global and then realize you have just screwed up your life and you're spending forever trying to fix it or you know you have to go through and manually change everything because you realize that you will script your life and, and this just you know is <laughs> such a huge time saver on those occasions when you need it this is yeah i don't know if i'd ever use the word awesome source about anything but um <laughs> it's uh yeah it, it's quite it's good it's fitting sometimes it, it's quite good <laughs> i'll go that far <laughs> all right um uh let, let's, the exception break let, Yeah, that's John. You can read the notes as well as I can. You're proving your value here. I'm being your assistant. Shut up. That's good. <laughs> but he's in manual mode right now, so you have to forgive him. Uh, well, we've both asked you about it now. You better tell us about it. All right. Well, that that one's a really simple. That one's a really simple one. Um, under the uh, breakpoint uh, navigation panel, um, at the very bottom, there's a plus button. Click that plus button. And it's just another click to add an exception breakpoint. How many times have you, I mean, we can't remember everything. We, we've got a lot of crap to remember. So can we always remember exactly how to add the exception breakpoint? It took me for a, quite a long time to get it straight in my memory. Every time I would uh, type it in for a new project, uh, before it started changing to the new, you know, I, I think it was 10.5, the symbol changed. And then, you know, I would have a hell of a time remembering that and would have to write it down and look it up. So this, you know, solves that problem handily. You just click the plus button, click the exception breakpoint, and it's added. So now you can stop on any exceptions. That's okay. worth its weight in gold. That's, I mean, a simple one and, and well worth mentioning, but not, not a huge amount to discuss, really. No, no. Yeah. Okay, this this next one you've got under hotness, but you do you do say that um, you're admitting ignorance, so it may may end up as notness later on. Um, but storyboarding. That's one of the four point two things that I have yet to spend the time necessary to research it thoroughly. I've uh, I've played with it, but I have not applied it to anything. So I have to admit my ignorance through lack of use, but it looks damn cool, doesn't it? Um, the the idea behind it... Yeah, explain yeah. the idea behind it first, and then I'll tell you what I think. <laughs> uh, the idea behind it, I think, is, you know, in iOS, 
you know, you have these, these uh, linear navigation events that you're going from one screen to the other. It's, it's completely unlike, you know, a desktop operating system where you can have multiple windows open. So it, it definitely is uh, a storyboard. It's getting from point A to B to C or sometimes back to, to B um, and setting up these views and which view lead which view selection action leads into another through navigation uh, makes a lot of sense to set it up and lay it out visually. And I think they do a beautiful job. Um, beyond that, I, I think I would be uh, pulling things out of the air to discuss about. So I, I'll, I'll stop there. I have seen so many IDEs implement so many tools that are supposed to be, we can just now visually link and everything works, and it's all there, and it always looks fantastic in demos, and everyone's going, ooh, ooh yeah, yeah, awesome source, and stuff like that. <laughs> and then um, and then you um, you come to use it on anything more than Hello World, and the thing absolutely sucks. Now, I'm not saying that's storyboard, where storyboarding is, because I've not played it enough, and maybe because it's, it's based around iPhone stuff, where actually navigation stuff tends to be a lot simpler and it really is about a a workflow I guess a navigation flow Um, but I have to say even though I've not played with it much and I have no justification for this at all I'm skeptical skepticism is healthy especially when you consider uh, core data uh, bindings anything that falls out of the the use cases that were well marketing you start to run into you know, some gotchas. And it, it's, I, I think, worse with bindings um, than, than with core data itself. But I, 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 have some, I have some gripes against core data, but we'll leave those for another show, I guess. Yeah, we'll, um, get, we'll get you on with Marcus and we'll have a, a showdown. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, well, yeah, he can probably point out my ignorance. But um, the, the main thing with bindings was, it, just like any other technology, and there's a direct parallel between storyboarding and bindings, we have things um, that, for which bindings is, is perfectly suited. Um, maybe even just uh, controlling the preferences window and synchronizing that between um, the, the user's selections and the NS user defaults controller. And those kinds of isolated cases work well with it. But once you start getting into anything that has to do extra work outside bindings, anything more than just adding stuff to and removing from a list, and suddenly all hell breaks loose and, and you know, you're writing more code sometimes than you would have if you would have just implemented it the, the, the old-fashioned way. So I, I guess we can both summarize our arguments up by you damn kids get off our lawns. John, have you tried? St- I mean, I guess have you tried no. the storyboarding yet at all? I mean, no, I haven't. I mean, in I your in your super complex uh, application with all those no, well, projects, is it working well for you? No, it's not. And and I, but I, I I have the exact same opinion as you. What's interesting is that I had an email from a guy who I, I know from a million years ago. He actually wrote a book on on developing with web objects, so he hadn't really touched Xcode and done much any iOS program. And he was saying, "God, I can't believe it! It's so amazing. You storyboarding this, you know, it just everything just sets up." And you can get right to the, the nitty gritty of what you're doing. So for him, it worked really well, you know. And and that's just my overall impression with Xcode Four is that if you have no legacy thought or legacy projects, a lot of it works really well. Um, and I think that the the, the big the, the big problem people are coming up to is that they're used to doing things a certain way, kind of 
a lot of times where they couldn't quite figure out how things would work or they're just you know would never believe that 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 their case was simple enough to be handleable handleable by by this type of of automated you know automation um i don't know i don't know whether i think i would i would feel confident enough to try it on a brand new from scratch app i just can't see any way to to to, to, to try and do. If I have a new navigation controller I want to insert somewhere, I'm not going to undo everything and start again with storyboards. I don't think you can really mix and match that way, can you? Well, well yeah, okay, say, can you, uh, that's the uh, thing, can you um, mix and match storyboards and zibs? I mean, is the whole thing, well, we've got you this far, now you carry on, or is it, is it a, a, an, an either or, or, you know, what's, what's, do you, do you know anything? I mean, are we, are we just all stabbing around the dark here having a guess? Anyone in the yeah, chat room want to tell us? <laughs> um, I, I think it might be the similar case with um, with automatic layout, which is one thing that I, I guess I could have put on the list. Um, but you can do it per window, I believe, um, or is it per nib? Um, I don't know if that's the case with um, with storyboarding. I really don't. But I, I agree with John. I mean, it, it, it's a situation where you have existing projects that are that are complicated and rely on um, earlier Coco paradigms and start mixing this new stuff it's it's not going to work as well but if you start a brand new project entirely relying on these new things you probably will have a, a much easier time of it so what do you think with, with somebody saying yeah this whole thing a visual basic for flash developers to lure them in <laughs> <laughs> well especially now they're looking for a new platform well it's it's, it's, it's the new flex xcode 4 too yes well, maybe that was Apple's intent. I don't know. <laughs> right. Um, I'll tell you what. We're coming towards the end of our time here, and we're only halfway through our list. So um, rather than um, you know try and do a, a whole whack in, in two or three minutes, I'm going to ask you if you'd be prepared to come back in, um, in, in a couple of weeks' time, um, Joshua, and, and do the Xcode knots then, do what you don't like in, in a separate show. Sure, I have lots of those, and sadly, if you look at the list, I have more of them with more detail than I had for the highlights. I think uh, we've, it's the... been good to be positive first. It's always good to be positive yes. before you do a negative, <laughs> and um, so yeah. And we've tried to give much shot. I mean, I think it's been good just to um, uh, to look at this stuff, and maybe we'll even have to go for a longer show or two shows for the knots. But I think it would be good just to um, uh, yeah to split that out if you're happy to come back. We've got a couple of people lined up for the next couple of weeks, so it'll be two or three weeks' time. But are you you sort of feeling you sort of happy spending Christmas Day or something? No, <laughs> happy uh, to come back then. Yeah, sure. Um, I, I think it's good to go through some of the negatives because there are some some things that are out there that are some pretty big gotchas for people, especially people who have existing projects and, and hoped to use Xcode for with them. And, and maybe that's the better use of time is to spend some time explaining those limitations and, and cautions. So certainly I'm, I'm more than happy to come back and, and complain about Xcode 4. Well, I'll also give you the time to, to get Xcode hot or not up. You know, I'm sure that domain is available. So. <laughs> John, Are you hot or just Xcode hot? Yeah. <laughs> right. We're, we're, we're coming to the, to the end of the show and we've got a couple of things to do. Well, first, I'm going to give away some copies, ebook copies of, of your book, if uh, that's okay. Um, we're going to give away five copies today um, because it's been a few weeks since we've been on air and I think we need, we need to, um, to catch up. Now, people have been emailing in. We've had loads of emails in for the book draw. And so we've taken a couple from the book draw. Now, the book draw is still going to be live. So if you've not, if you've already emailed in, um, 
uh, Scotty at iDeveloper TV with book draw as the subject um, and you're not one of the winners this week you will stay in for future draws if you haven't yet registered please send an email to that address with book draw as the subject and you can stay in but um, Simon Bainbridge and Alexi Popov you are winners of the book draw this week we're going to do two of you there well, thank you very much there John now in the chat room which is actually running really 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 slow on my iPad today um, and it's taking forever to refresh now remember it's what order it comes up on my iPad I don't really care what order people typed it in I asked people um, who would like a copy I've had two come back so far so um, uh, you know to do the first one's up Pardell I don't know who you are but uh, if you want to send me an email Scotty iDeveloper TV and tell me that you won I'll believe you and send you a, a book and um, Dog Boy <laughs> Dog Boy Dog Boy who has a picture of a monkey for his avatar I mean you know, you're supposed to be a developer there's supposed to be some logic here Dog Boy uh, so um, would you like to explain at the same time uh, why you can both um, have a copy of the book and um, someone else no my iPad is failing to refresh if someone wants to type in me right now they may be, end up being lucky well, and be well Scotty I've done it several times I wanted, I wanted to be picked as the winner <laughs> Uh, no, and do you know what? This has been such a um. Ah, now they're all coming through. Now I've got hundreds of them. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of delays in the in the chat room. Yeah, it's very difficult. <laughs> okay, so who's in here? Uh, John, you can't have one. Um, <laughs> pick me, pick me, pick me, him, you, it. Oh, please. Okay, here we are. I'm going to go down to um, Rain. Oh, I can't read this. It's so small. Is, is there a biggest <laughs> Raymond DeRose Raymond DeRose Raymond DeRose said Raymond DeRose Raymond DeRose Raymond DeRose um, said please <laughs> so um, Raymond DeRose would you like to send me an email uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I'll do it to and everyone else um, if you didn't come up in order uh, sorry and oh Simon Wolf was in there and he wanted you to win it but we'll say hello to Simon <laughs> There we are, Simon Wolf. I won't roar, but I'll say hello, son. Hello, son. Oh, there we are. You just, you're just not with it. Okay, so the, I know, I the, know. someone is pointing out now the chat has been rough today. They have, but that was Dog Boy, and you won Dog Boy, so you should be grateful that the chat was rough today because that chat got you a book. Okay, rightio, um, John. We both have um, some videos to talk about, so I'll let you go first. What would you like to tell me? Oh, the cappuccino video, you mean? No, you said you had um, uh, oh, right, a, right. a video of, um, of, yeah. of a certain studio engineer sort of um, getting yes, himself well, into I've trouble. Yes, well, I just put it into the, into the uh, show notes. So I have managed to see you because uh, you popped in and, and on the way to the airport, you decided to give me a call with Dave. And so we went to Mission Pie, which is kind of like the bat cave for, for me. It's like where I always go to, uh, to show people impressive things about San Francisco or, or just to, to be able to think of good, clever things myself. Uh, and off we went. And I have uh, some rather, um, how should I say it, uh, incriminating video of, of our studio engineer, Dave. Hi, Dave. Um, just totally ripping into Prince Charles, which I always thought he was just a nice fellow, but he just like went to town on him. So I don't know. I just let people judge for themselves. It's in the chat. Uh, it should probably go in the show notes as well. Yeah, ill-advised. We will. Um, we will. We will make sure that gets posted. Um, it may mean we don't get a show next week because Dave will be in jail. But um, <laughs> there we are. And I'm, not, I'm definitely not going to try and work out which wire goes where anymore. I'm. I'm. I'm above that now. Um, <laughs> Okay, um, so I was going to talk about it. it's you know you you people over there on the other side of the pond you've got a you've got a sort of a holiday coming up this week haven't you? 
We're being thankful for having yes. left you guys. You're being thankful for having left us, and we're so you know what we're so thankful that Thank you left us um, that we <laughs> we we this week are going to join in the celebrations of your nation and have an iDeveloper TV Thanksgiving sale. Oops, now we've got so excited I hit my head on the microphone. Um, <laughs> it's. <laughs> This show has been going quite well up till now. Um, so uh, if you want to, uh, from Tuesday morning through to uh, next Monday, um, either side of Thanksgiving. Now, if you're listening to this in next year or in February, tough luck, you've missed it. We're going to have some great, great offers on the iDeveloper TV website. So um, go along and take a look and get yourself some Thanksgiving goodness bargains. What else could I say? Do you know what? I said this was iDeveloper Live episode 35. I've created an iDeveloper Live episode 35 chat room, and this is episode 34. I think it's time that you look at Sesame Street again and remember how to count. <laughs> I know you didn't make it past 10. I think I am the count. <laughs> I think I need to hand this over to someone who has, has some idea what they're doing. Um, but Dave's going to be in jail, so we're pretty stuffed, really. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm going to tell Dave to start getting ready with the uh, the theme music so um, uh, Simon can be remembered of his 70s porn collection once again because an episode wouldn't be complete without mentioning Simon Wolf. Sem- 70s, 70s porn in the same sentence. It just has to be done. There we are. So um, thank you very much, Joshua. Joshua, oh, Joshua, you better tell people, but people, you better tell people where they can find out about you and read your blog or something. Oh, yeah. Everyone wants to read my blog. You can find that at joshua.nazi.name, N-O-Z-Z-I. So, yeah, it's a very easy-to-remember URL. That's excellent. And on Twitter? jnazi on Twitter. And if you want to check out some of the apps I've done, um, you can go to bartastechnologies.com, B-A-R-T-A-S, technologies.com. And uh, we will uh, will sort out getting you on in a couple of weeks again, if that's good. John? I'd be happy to. John, tell, pe- can, tell people where to find you, you can other find than Mission Pie. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on Twitter as Jembe, D-J-E-M-B-E, like the West African instrument. And you can find me online at memoryminer.com and where I blog, memoryminer.com slash blog. And I'm Scotty, and you can follow me on Twitter at MacDevNet. You can follow um, the iDeveloper TV announcements and everything by following at iDeveloper TV. Or, of course, you can check out our website, iDeveloper.tv. This has been iDeveloper Live, episode 34 and 35, mixed in together. (laughs) 34.5. 34.35. It's been uh, great for you to listen. Um, No, it's been great for us to have you listening. Well, it might be great for you to listen as well. (laughs) I think it is. I'm going home. Goodbye. Till next time, you all take care.